Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Cars, part of the Marshall Marine Podcast series. And uh, recorded as always with thanks to our partners, Cooper Tyres, the Justice Brothers and TorontoMotorsports.com. No Marshall Prout this week, and with apologies for the fact we've been away for a couple of weeks, Anthony has been a little under the weather, which you might have heard if you've caught up with his IndyCar podcasts. But I am delighted to be joined by, I think, say, the most special of very special guests to help me tiptoe through this special edition of Twisk, which is looking into the 62 car entry list for the edition of the Le Mans 24 Hours. I think it's welcome back to the show, Stephen Kilby. Hi, Graham. How are you doing? I'm very it's... good, mate. I'm very good. Now, you're um, with us in this temporary capacity, um, but and we're going to be taking you taking uh, the, the listeners through this lengthy list high quality list um but we've got some other news haven't we we certainly do and it's a pretty exciting bit of news i think uh well i think so so um what i'll say here and this at the moment we'll be confirming a few more details later in the week on daily sports car but i can tell you this is unlikely the last time you hear stephen kilby on podcasts uh such as this and others soon to come uh, because Stephen will be rejoining Daily Sports Car full time later this week, um, and there will be some exciting changes to come and to follow on from that. We're go- not going to go much more into that one today, but welcome back, pal. It's been too long. Um, I know you've been kind of itching to get back into the paddock and into the press room um, because the yeah, coffee that. is so good there. Um, but for now, we're going to crack on with. The race that brought you to my attention in the first place, back when you were all of 15 years old, my God, um, the <laughs> Le Mans 24 Hours. You've seen the entry. Are you excited? Yeah. I I said it to you before we started recording. This is the best Le Mans entry list of my lifetime, I think. I think it's better than the sort of late 90s. I think it's better than the height of... Audi versus Peugeot, better than the LMP1 2015 golden age when you had Nissan, Porsche and Toyota and Audi. This is going to be the one and it's come at obviously the right time. I think it's no coincidence it being the centenary that we've got a grid like this. But my goodness, Graham, look at that class at the top and look at that GT field and look at that LMP2 field. It's just quality everywhere. It's going to be great. Well, let's let's go. Let's just hit the ground running and get into this one. Uh, because I know what the listeners want to hear is what we've got to say in terms of some of the analysis of what's brought this entry together. It is 62 cars. And by the way, before we forget, whilst we've had 62 car potential entry since I think 18, 19, we've only ever once had 62 starters because we had the COVID year, 2020. Uh, But aside from that, we had two years where cars were eliminated in free practice. So the only time we've actually had 62 cars before was last year. Um, We've had 61, 61, I think maybe 59 or 60 started the race in 2020. So fingers crossed the magnificence of this, this 62, will end up being 62. The best part of it, though, uh, as you've just kind of pushed towards, Stephen, is how many cars in the top hypercar class? 16, isn't it? And up from seven, I think. 16 uh, up from seven. Probably, and yeah. at the biggest total we've had uh, in the top class at the 24 Hours of Le Mans since 2011. And boy, oh boy, it's a cracker. So in the spirit of the way we would normally do with a listener question-led broadcast, I think you're going to just fling some questions at me like a frenzied gibbon. Um, so... Lob it away and let's see how I can field those. Yeah, sure. So let's start by talking about the full season WC entries in the class. Mm-hmm. There's 13, isn't there, for the full season, but only 12 have made the cut for Le Mans. Yep. The missing link here is Proton, am I right? So Correct. what's the story there? So Proton Competition, um, one of the two uh, Porsche 963 privateers for uh, WC, and by the way, for IMSA as well, the second car, uh, I think it's fair to say there's some questions to be answered by, uh, in terms of when does the car arrive? What time does the team have to prepare for the biggest race in the world? 
um, what's happening with the performance and reliability of the cars, what's happening in terms of budgets, etc. And I think Christian Reed and the team are just correctly taking their time rather than jumping in and pushing themselves. This is a long homologation for this car. They don't, whilst they'd be sad, I'm sure, to miss the opportunity of competing at the top class, the risks that come with that, with a car you're not familiar with, with a, with a car that you've not had terribly much testing and very limited racing with, and more to the point, the money you would then have to spend to get to the stage where you're even remotely ready against full factory teams, who by then will have had multiple races under their uh, wheels, I think they're making the smart choice here. There is time. There is time to push forward. There's time to get things moving. And there may well be other chapters to be to be written about this effort. But um, for now, you're right. It is 12 of the 13, which leaves us, uh, because you're good at maths, with how many more cars we need to explain. It's four extras, isn't it? It is four extras. Now, one we knew and we've written about already, which is Action Express, um, which, by the way, is not the 31 car because that's already taken by a WRT LMP2 car. It's the 311 car. I think that's right. Um, that car was already nailed in because that got one of the three uh, automatic invitations offered via IMSA. Uh, who'd thought it? Um, because obviously with the Acuras unable to race uh, because there's no um acura slash honda in the fiwc and that's a condition of entry uh for them on you have to have a full season presence that might come next year we hope so uh but that meant that there's always a likelihood it would be a gtp car and whose team better uh to invite than the imsa founder jim france who is a long time owner of or action express racing better still though Stephen, on two fronts one it's Action Express's um, debut at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which for a team that's been around for so long is barely believable. But it's, it's not. this is actually the first time they've been racing a car that has been eligible for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. The second point to make is that the car is going to sound awesome. We've seen the, heard the cars at Daytona. We've already got a WEC car, the blue car that uh, raced at... Uh, Daytona is the full-season WEC car. The red car in the Wheeland colours is the Action Express car. The, the third thing to mention is the car's got a brand new name. It's still a Cadillac, but it's no longer the V.LMDH. It's now the V-Series, V-Series dot R, um, which I think is better, still a bit fiddly, still mm. one that uh, we're going to find somebody to struggle with moving forward. But... That's the other car we already knew. That brings us to 13, which means there are three additional cars to explain. So three cars that came because two <coughs> things happened. One is the teams requested them through um, the rule that allows a team that's got a full season entry to request another entry. Two is the ACO said yes. So thanks, ACO. We've got mm -hmm. an additional Glickenhaus. So two again, as we did last year when the team scored their famous podium, third and fourth uh, last, last year at Le Mans. Uh, an additional Cadillac, the second Ganassi-operated Cadillac racing car, so the full-season IMSA car. The Le Mans entry, therefore, mirrors what we saw uh, at Daytona. Those three cars will race uh, at uh, Le Mans as well as Daytona. And finally, the third uh, and final uh, elective entry, if you like, is a third... Uh, Penske, Porsche Penske Motorsports 963, numbered 75, and with uh, just one driver named at the moment. We'll get into drivers, I think, in, in, in the future for this, uh, because there's a lot of TBAs, some of which are known, some of which aren't. The, um, the second Cadillac racing car, by the way, has a TBA against it, uh, but the Cadillac racing press release confirms that is Scott Dixon that will be joining that. And that Again, remarkably, is Scott Dixon's top class debut at the Le Mans 24 Hours. He raced, of course, through the Ganassi 4GT era, but it'll be his first time in the top class. It'll be in a car that they will hope is capable of putting in a very good result indeed. I agree with you, Stephen. I think it's it's a truly exciting entry. The cars look different. The cars sound different. 
they are we've already seen the reaction from the fan base both on site at daytona and online through the tv broadcasts of the race that the the gtp class has attracted a huge amount of very positive attention and then there's this which is almost double that number and with more variety and more depth and more quality and every single one of them is going to be looking to beat the team with a massive target on their rear wing and that is Toyota Gazoo Racing who by the way mm. revealed their revised car for uh, 2023 last week and it does look a bit more purposeful now with the the dive planes on the GR010 the Groot as we call it here so <laughs> I agree and we've not even mentioned and we're about to um, Ferrari we've got Ferrari back in the top class for the first time in 50 years of the factory entry we've got um, the Totas trying to nail in an additional uh, rung on their ladder towards glory we've got porsche looking to nail in a, te- a 20th victory and by the way i think um ferraris would be a 10th if they won it and then you've got peugeot on the 15th anniversary of their last uh race wins everybody's gunning for history um and yeah it's it's going to be a cracker and that's just 16 cars of this entry you know, remember, mm. you know, you've been with me at Le Mans, Stephen, when the supporting class uh, cast has been deep in LMP2, and it's deep again, isn't it? Yeah, it's really deep. We've got 24 cars, all right, and eight of them in the Pro-Am um, mm-hmm. class there, which is, you know, just, it's not a record entry, is it? But it, no. it's close, and it has just got, a really good set of teams top to bottom so two questions i guess what's the future look like from lmp2 from here is this the high watermark and what do you think of the fact that this is the first time we believe well first time definitely that it's just been an orica field well that that's that's a good point it is indeed the very first time remarkably despite the fact there's been so much depth the orica thing it is the first time at le mans that we've had an all Orica 07 LMP2 field. There's always been the odd outlier. Uh, these these cars, of course, came in in 2017. And so from 2017 to now 2023, we've had these Gibson engine cars. So always had the same engine, but we've had a smattering of Delaras and Ligiers and the one-off Riley Multimatic uh, back in the day with, with Ben Keating. But it's the first time we've had an all Orica field. So that in itself is notable. Not that that means we'll get the the racing will be the worse for it. We we you know those of us that kind of sit and savor LMP2 racing in the modern era know how good that can be. We you know I'm just back from the Asian Le Mans series where we had well almost a third of the number. It's of just over a third of the number we're going to have uh, for the Le Mans 24 Hours, and they were four really good um, for our races. So that's that's absolutely fantastic stuff. In terms of the route to the um, to the grid here, eleven of them, of course, are our full WC uh, teams. Um, we've had a further six automatic invitations, of which five were taken up. Only Prima Racing opted not to take a third car, which they probably could have swung, but they're just running the two. Um, so that means sixteen of the 24 cars are accounted for you then have to add in um, therefore a further eight to get us to the 24 they are tower motorsport uh, sorry tower motorsport one of the auto entries nielsen racing uh the asian Le Mans series champions from last season they're in um with the same squad that we saw uh in the asian Le Mans series looking down the team the uh, duquesne team the number 30 car and there there's a name to conjure with neil Jarney is aboard the number 30 mm. car for Le Mans. Um, then looking further down, there is a second into Europol car, in addition to their full season WC car, Charlie Cruz, who uh, scored a double pole and helped into Europol to their first ever um, LMP2 win uh, in Dubai. Uh, so Charlie Cruz with two TPAs, and I hope he does bring his two Indy Next clients because he manages both Christian Bogle and... Um, uh, young Nolan Siegel, who were epic um, in the Age of Le Mans series. They're in the 32 car, and that's 
uh, an entry that's been selected. Looking further down, there is the second cool racing car, the 47 car um, of Richard DeGiris. Uh, he they're selected into this one. Graph Racing come because of course they won LMP3 last time around. DKR Engineering are there. Tom Van Rumpoy, the only named driver again, three Asian Le Mans series. Algar Pro Racing correctly gets a slot uh, for their fulsome support of WEC in the past. They won't be there this year, but ELMS and Asia Le Mans. George Kurtz. Of course, races for the team in the States under the Crown Strike by APR banner. James Allen, who featured in that astonishing finish um, at uh, Daytona, winning by 15 thousandths per second. And here's a name to conjure with, uh, Stephen, Colin Brown. Now, I think Colin last raced at Le Mans, I think 15 years ago. But back in, oh. which I think it was, you know, uh, it's a long time since the, he's been uh, at Le Mans. But that to me, George Kurtz, was pretty good at the wheel of the uh, of the car in uh, in Daytona. James Allen just seems to get stronger and stronger. Colin Brown, well, obviously stepping over from his Acura GTP duties, and there's a fair number of people that have been, you know, um, dipping into that, that dipping, dipping their bucket into that well uh, where the talent is. If the Acuras can't come, their drivers most certainly can. So that's that one. Edex Sport added. Um, previously, of course, ELMS. Uh, champions, Paul Lafargue is back, Paul Lipschatan, another uh, mighty talent and another new talent, Laurence Herr. And I'm really keen to see Laurence Herr matching up against Cool Racing's Melty Jakobsen, who's in their 37 car. So that's that one. Panis Racing, another entry from the European Le Mans series with their new look uh, uh, team with uh, Timon van der Helm, Manuel, Manuel Maldonado and Jov van Utert. AF Corsa, of course, are there. And look at this for a squad. It is multiple, multiple, multiple champion. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Francois Perodo, is it four wet uh, titles now? Joined by Ben Barnegoat and uh, Norman Nato. Now that is, frankly, I think a squad that if Francois can keep on a lead lap is going to trouble for the overall, let alone um, the overall MP2 title, that is, uh, let alone the Pro-Am side. And the Racing Team Turkey with the 923 for 1923, of course, with Sally Yolich, the, uh, the, 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 um, the driver at the moment there. LMP2 always, always delivers, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see um, just exactly how this shows in amongst a very deep grid of very new, very new hypercars. How far up might an LMP2 car finish? But uh, for me, no weak points there in that grid. There's there's not a team on there that I don't think has earned their place. No grid fillers. We'll get into one or two that perhaps uh, had reason to think they might be considered in the same breath that, that aren't a little later in the show. But for me, uh, a, a cracking LMP2 grid. It will be, I think, the high watermark. I think you asked that question, didn't you? 24 cars, it's a great entry. After this season, uh, we'll see the LMP2 class leave the FI World Endurance Championship. Remains to be seen what the shape of LMP2 is in the future. My gut feeling is we might see the class move to Pro-Am. To a, you, know, you need a bronze driver uh, aboard each of the cars. I'm aware that in conversation with the teams and between organisers, we're likely, I think, to see in the future at Le Mans, as Hypercar grows more than it currently uh, is, up towards the 20 mark for full season, and I think probably beyond 20 for Le Mans, is we're likely to see a grid at Le Mans of about 15 cars. The majority, and I'd say the vast majority of which will come from the European Le Mans series, but still with space from Asia and IMSA to top up that grid. Um, That's fine. Against a deeper top class, 15 cars is far from a disgrace uh, as we move into a new era and then towards when the new um, formulae for for who will be coming along in two or three years' time. So I think there's still a healthy future ahead. There's still some questions to be answered about LMP2. It's been, 
absolutely magnificent uh, for me in the in support of what at times have been struggling top classes. Boy, oh boy, Steve, you've been there for some of the glorious moments we've seen for LMP2 at Le Mans and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're hanging on in there, these, uh, these cars, and they're still able to kind of punch hard and punch above, literally above their weight. No, they still look good. They still sound good. They still just attract. The best thing about this formula is, although we've lost that variety that we used to get in LMP2, the racing is so good that, and the price point, I guess, of doing a program is so good that it just does, never fails to attract an amazing set of teams and drivers. And and just when you think, oh, it's coming towards the end of the life cycle, you, you know, it's it's on the horizon. Our team's going to continue to invest. Are we going to see new teams coming in and new drivers wanting to have a crack at it? It just, you know, it, it carries on as it is. It, there is yeah. more teams, more drivers filtering for all the time. And I think what we've got with the top class growing is a situation where there are, there's a massive pool of drivers who genuinely see LMP2 as a route to the gateway. Genu- yeah. yeah, the one of the most exciting categories of racing and world motorsport in, well, in hypercar and gtp are you right and the other thing is it it is about a ladder lmp3 is a ladder to lmp2 is a ladder to whatever is above it and that's evidenced by the fact i was talking to a, a fan online just a few days ago uh, who was bemoaning the decision that lmp2 will leave the w, wec so i asked them to pull up the season entry list I said, right, okay, how many cars in the class for the WEC? The answer is this year there's 11. Okay, what's going to happen to those teams next year? Look down the list. And the reality is of those 11, eight of them have already confirmed programs um, this year and or next year in hypercar. So it's done its job on that front. There's only three that so far haven't got clear way forward announced. Two of them are United Autosports, and the other one is Interpol Competition, and we'll wait and see what comes from those two squads. But the reality is it's going from WEC for a variety of reasons, some of which you've referenced there include things like budget and you know what it's going to do to budgets for LMP2 as you know a world championship finds its literal wings again. Um, but beyond that, the fact that you can just as easily fill these grids with hypercars and GT3 cars moving forward. Um, it's a debate for another day. But LMP2, um, I think that 24-car grid is going to be well worth a watch. I think we'll see some stunning racing through the 24 hours of Le Mans uh, this season. And that leaves us with three listings to go. The last of, uh, th- first of which, rather, is the other big class in the race. And that is, Stephen. LMGTM, which is it's just weird to think that there's going to be just one GTE class. It, it's yep. very strange, but 21 cars, um, all four makes represented that are currently active in, in GTE racing with customer teams. It's, again, like LMP2, full of quality. You've got a bit of variety, which is nice, adding to the sort of variety that we get in hypercar. It's another exciting grid, isn't it? It is. Um, it's it's got a kind of pretty neat mix across the uh, across those four makes. We should add immediately, by the way, that there is one make that I know a number of people were hoping might be there with Vulcan Horse Racing making the grid for the Monterey for the first time, and they they told uh, Delhi Sports Cars RJ O'Connell that they were open to the potential to add the BMW M8. It seems that's not going to happen. They're listed with a Ferrari, but uh, four different makes, one single Corvette and a squadron otherwise of Ferrari 488s, uh, Porsche 911 RSRs and Aston Martin Vantage AMRs. And here's the, this is the truly sad part this year is, this is where people who followed Le Mans for many years will get their chance to say farewell at Le Mans to the GTE class. And how magnificent has that been over the past decade? It's been a decade and more. It's been, you know, a real highlight. It's almost the, it's Le Mans secret that if you look beyond what's going on at the, at the lead of the race, you look beyond the pure racing cars, you know, in LMP1 as was, and now hypercar and LMP2, 
then you've got these these cars these production based cars at the back but for year after year after year that's often been where the best racing's been hasn't it mm, definitely and I, I know you know anecdotally being in the campsites and going with lots of different fans over the years there are plenty of people out there who aren't as interested in the top class and love the gt racing and actually for them that's the highlight and that's a testament to the fact that we've seen so much factory competition over the years the cars look great they sound great and it always produces good racing even when we got the sort of lowest of the low in gt we just had a handful of cars with a couple of makes the racing was still there the bop love it or hate it you know and you know hate the arguments that usually get around Le Mans and during race week it it always produces fireworks and i think this class looking looking at it up and down there's every potential for this to be the best race in the in the field especially if like we it becomes attritional in hypercar we and uh LMP2 gets a bit split up. This could be the race, couldn't it? It could very well be the race. So we'll, you know, we will wait and see what kind of comes out of this one. You know, worth saying as well. You mentioned balance performance, damn its eyes. Um, but the plus side here is that all of the cars, as in all the makes and models uh, are represented here, will be doing the full season of the FIWEC. So the the powers that be will have had a chance to have a good look at them. We're going to be three races into the season before Le Mans. Um, which means that there should be a good opportunity to to take a good hard look at what's going on. It is eight Porsches, seven Ferraris, five Aston Martins, and that single Chevy Corvette to form that grid. And, and let's take a, a bit of a canter through it. Um, one of the ones, and I'm particularly pleased to see it here, sad to see it go. And it's a car that you and I have have you know watched, covered, coveted. Um, the 2017. Uh, Le Mans winning GTM car, the JMW Motorsports Ferrari 488. That 2017 race was its first race. Okay, so it replaced the 458 that Jim McWhirter from the squad had had, which, by the way, won its last race. Um, that car, I think, he'd had since, oh, I don't know, something like the 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 uh, the early 1960s. Um, I exaggerate, of course, <laughs> but the so this car um, since then since 2017, has raced at every European Le Mans series race since 2017 and at every 24 hours of Le Mans since 2017. There was one year where JMW weren't selected at Le Mans, but that, I think, was 2016 with the 458. But since then, it's been a completely unbroken streak by JMW. Started with that win. They're back. um, And I think that's that's a pretty special part of their story. And I think it's perfectly correct that a true privateer, and that's what Jim McWhirt and the JMW squad are, that has played such a big part in the storyline, um, is back here to celebrate not only the centenary, but the end of that story. And this, by the way, it's, I think, Jim's fourth uh, GTE or GT2 car before the 458 came the 430. He uh, also had time with the, uh, sorry, before the 458 was the, the Aston Martin, uh, and then before that, the 430. And it's going to be interesting to see what Jim decides to do next. But great to see them there. But running through that that list, the whole range of storylines here, the prototype competition number 16 from Ryan Hardwick. He is one of the auto invitations, of course, through one of the IMSA invitations, his success uh, there. Uh, we've then got the uh, a raft of uh, WC full season uh, entries before we get to GMB Motorsport. Now, I don't know about you. I think I know the answer here. I quite like a Dane. Mm, no, I, I'm partial to a Dane as well. I like it. Yeah. I like a Dane. There's, there is, there is, as we often say, nothing like a Dane. Um, GMB Motorsport, managed by Casper Elgard, who, by the way. Back at the at that year, where there was the high water mark, prior to this year, the 17 um, car LMP1 entry in 2011, he was the LMP1 driver. In fact, he was one of the drivers of that very first um, uh, hybrid LMP1, the Hope Pole Vision car. He manages GMB Motorsport. They're here courtesy of a win, a championship win with their Honda NSX uh, in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. 
Um, and by the way, we'll be the last uh, GT3 winners that go to Le Mans courtesy of that route because that's one of the ones that's going away. Uh, they're there with the Aston Martin Vantage for an all-Danish crew. Uh, we've got, looking further down here, Joe W. Thomas Neubauer, by the way, is the name driver there. TF Sports, one to watch here, Stephen. Um, the Delhi Sports Car story shows the car in what is a very eye-catching livery for the European Le Mans series. It is an all-French, all-Sathois, in fact, uh, local to uh, Le Mans uh, trio. I, I'll say just this. Watch for something very special um, from this team for Le Mans, and I can guarantee you it's going to be a fan favourite. Guarantee it, 100%. Not even going to debate it. Not going to talk about it anymore. You need to tell me to stop talking if I just roll on and on and on about it. <laughs> if I just keep going on and there's no end in sight, just please stop me. And yep. I won't see you anymore. That's I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop you Fine. now because uh, you'll, you'll accidentally you'll accidentally say what it is and then yes. it'll be a major trouble. It's not, so let's... Say, it's not, it's not a trailer. They're not going to be towing a trailer. It's not that. Okay. <laughs> I know some of you were thinking it was that. It's not that. Um, is it a BOP joke? Is that what that is? No. No, no, that was that was that's a very old one, and that revolves around the Celine some years ago. Kessel Racing, they get a second car in addition to the Car Guy uh, machine. Um, then what else have we got looking down here? Uh, we have Jimmy Bruni in the eighty-eight Proton competition machine. That effectively is the the placeholder uh, for their hypercar. Uh, entry for later in the season. Volcanos Motorsport, as we said, Chandler Hall, who has won the trio that's won in the Asia Le Mans series. It's a Ferrari 488 for them. And that car numbered 100. And we've seen Volcanos carry that number before. Um, and then the final uh, entry uh, that's not a either an automatic entry or a WC full season entry is the uh, aptly numbered number 911 for Proton Competition. And that is the car where um, young hopeful, uh, Porsche Junior, 1932, uh, Rickard Leitz, um, is paired at the moment with that uh, ever-present TBA and a guy I've never heard of, Michael Fassbender? No, doesn't no, ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell. Isn't it okay. off that YouTube show on the Porsche YouTube channel? Oh, he's that, he's that Porsche YouTuber. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> Seems to enjoy himself. Bless. Um, all good. Of course, Michael Fassbender, the Hollywood actor who's been plying his trade in the European Le Mans series, and he'll make his second appearance at the 24 Hours of Le Mans this year before, um, again, well, or in the midst, rather, of a repeat performance in the ELMS. Uh, plans, I think, initially to race in the WEC have been put aside for the moment. We're left with one car and one short list, and then we can pack this one up. Uh, put it in brown paper and send it off to Marshall Pruitt to put online. Um, and I'm going to ask you the question this time, because this is the number 24 car, and that is a, a number that's just been revealed. It is um, unique in every single way, and particularly unique on this grid. It is, I think, one of the real feel-good stories here. It's born out of this process of convergence, this new beginning between the ACO and IMSA. And it's part of the story of innovation, um, also a friendship, um, and it's the NASCAR. What else can you say? Well, I mean, Mike Rockefeller, 2010 Le Mans winner, Jensen Button, Formula One world champion, Jimmy Johnson, he's done a bit too. Uh, was you? I don't know what he's done in the past. Is it was he a swimmer, basketball player? No, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion is him. But what I want from you here, you are massively enthusiastic, at times irritatingly so, about uh, all what things What do you mean American. at times? All the time. All the time. <laughs> Tell me, yeah, th this is your time to have 30 seconds of unfettered Kilby, okay? And that's not sure. a pleasant thing to see quite often as I'm sure your young lady will will, uh, will agree. But tell like me about... Only. Absolutely. Uh, tell me about what you're looking forward to about this effort. I just... I just I'm looking forward to sort of that little bit of Talladega Nights flavour to the Le Mans 24 hours. I think it's lapis. <laughs> There's a few things I'm really excited to see. One is to see the look on Nick Tandy's face every time it goes by, fully in the knowledge that he's not going to be able to drive it because I'm yep. sure he's so 
so desperate to drive that car at Le Mans. He trained every he trained his uncle. Sorry, massive no, NASCAR nerd Nick Tandy, yes. Yes, massive NASCAR nerd Nick Tandy. The I think we're right in saying they're gonna do proper NASCAR pit stops. That's yeah. gonna be a spectacle, which I'm sure will attract so many fans during pit walks when they're doing demonstrations. How many people are gonna to wanna to be up close watching a field of Hendrick Motorsport NASCAR mechanics um, changing tires on that. We're going to see. Should say by the way, the one the one change uh, is is centre lock wheels. Ah, oh, it is centre lock wheels. It's not the not that, uh, but it is Jackman front and rear. So it is the kind of the the, the yeah. jack stands, and it is driver changes through the window. So it is full Dukes of Hazard. Mm, there's that. There's the fact that. It's aggressive looking. I love the styling they've done to it. They've obviously changed the aero on it. They've made it more suitable to um, to racing at Le Mans. Seeing the footage of it testing at Sebring and Daytona, the look of it is great. It looks quick, and I think it's gonna it's it's gonna stand out. Um, partly because of the noise. The noise just partly. <laughs> partly i'll tell you what i'm looking forward to most of all and it's bound to happen at least once and when it does happen i can tell you exactly what i'm going to do at some point that car is going to be out on the circuit with very few other cars out there and when that happens i am leaving the tv booth if that's where i happen to be or the press room if that's where i happen to be and i'm going to stand on the balcony behind or i'm going to go and stand on the step outside because i want to to find out just how far away i can hear that car and i think the answer is paris i think that's probably (laughs) how far away belgium maybe so uh, uh yeah there is that thing and it's kind of sort of motorsports it's not a dirty little secret. It's something we have all adored. It's fair to say, isn't it, Stephen, that it's probably an aspect of the sport that is ebbing away a little. Um, I, I'm in awe of the cars we watch and we write about and I commentate on, but there's little more boring than the exhaust note of a turbocharged V8, muffled mm. turbocharged V8. This ain't that. This is... Right. It's... It's an entire stack of pancakes and French toast and waffles with all the maple syrup on it. And I know that's Canadian. Sorry, Canadians. Uh, and a strawberry on top because Americans love a strawberry on the top. And at least three refills in your coffee and everything else American that I can't think of at the moment. It, it's it's proper Americana. It's properly yeah. different. And... Bless any anybody and everybody who's been behind this. Bless Jim France and Pierre Fion for allowing this to happen, and Hendrix Motorsport and Goodyear and the guys who are behind this, and John Doonan from MSU who's been the project manager for this thing. It does look absolutely awesome. A NASCAR with proper lights. Uh, that's for one thing. And yes, I hope what we get an opportunity to see here is something which we can sit and laugh and titter at NASCAR and it being a little bit homespun, et cetera. But the tech behind these cars, very well hidden, but I think we're about to see what these guys can do when you're not throwing the template over it uh, that you do at a NASCAR race and just say, have at it, boys. I'm going to be really interested to see, in terms of lap time, how this compares to the GTE cars. I think we're going to get some surprises. In terms of straight line speed, it's got so much power. I think an LMP2 car is going to struggle to get by this car on a straight line. Uh, so it's going to be all kinds of fantastic, hilarious, laugh out loud, loud. And I just can't wait to see it. Um, there'll be those that say it's taken a, a place on the grid that another car could have. Yeah, you're right. But we've known about it for a long time. And all of those cars and teams have had an opportunity to do what they need to do uh, to make the work their way there. There will always be teams that are going to be disappointed. Um, but I'm telling you right here and now, the 300,000 people that will be sitting trackside, all of us that are sitting talking about it, writing about it, and all of you listening and watching at home will never forget what this thing looks like and sounds like. And that ladies and gentlemen, is the point. This is a real hands-across-the-water effort. We've talked again on Twisk about, you know, how much we love 
the fact you've got drivers coming and doing multi-platform um, stuff now. You've got teams doing it. And here is an opportunity in the biggest race in the world for one of the two biggest championships of the world, which are, of course, NASCAR and Formula One, to actually have a car in the race. And I think it's awesome. No downsides there. Well said. One list left, and it is... It's the, the list you don't want to be on. And it's yes. just 10 cars. Uh, and, well, there are, it's fair to say, some surprises on this. Do you want to take me through, um, you know, what you've spotted on this? Uh, is it worth us just running through it first? Uh, in this order, triple five is the spirit of race car because there is already a 55 car on there. That's the 488 GTE of Duncan Cameron. Dragon Speed with uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, Montoya Jr. and then Rick Hedman, second reserve. Rizzi Competizione, only third reserve for the, the team that's won it here, 488 GTE again. Another P2 car, a second from Nielsen Racing for Tony Wells and Matt Bell. They've not made it. Team Project One with a second car in addition to their full-season WC car with AO. Timo Glock um, is named there. We've not seen one yet that wouldn't in any other time... Um, the um we've not seen any other anybody here that wouldn't have actually deserved to be there the elder statesman of the asian lamont series miracle opka six reserve in the osc Bratislava car formula racing from denmark johnny larison and his son conrad then tf sport with a yet another car uh, and Aston Martin for Johnny Adam, previous class winner here, of course, and John Hartshorn. Garage 59, only ninth reserve for their 488 GTO, GTE, rather, with Alex West. And then the 10th reserve is Heart of Racing with another Aston Martin and Ian James as the placeholder there. Pick out a couple of questions there before we wrap, uh, Stephen, and we'll, we'll pick the worst out of that one. Yeah, well, I mean, just, just looking at it and having you read that out, it, it shows you the depth of the field, doesn't it? When you've got Rizzy third and you've got yep. Garage 59, Harter Racing ninth and 10th. I well, mean, I mean, wow. I'll, I'll say, let me just say this. And this, by the way, it's not a snipe at the race I'm just about to refer to. That is 10 cars. The weekend, we had a nine-hour race at Kilami where 10 cars effectively run. The, there were 13 cars in the race, but three of them just run a sprint uh, portion at the beginning. That's 10 cars, which would make up quite a race you know that that's not a bad little grid if you can have 10 cars there's some real quality amongst them and you can see what those teams have tried to do to try to catch the attention of the uh selectors including Brizzy Competizione with Tony Philander, Timo Glock in there as well you know Johnny uh, Adam etc etc it, it is a quality 10 there have got to be teams that are disappointed and of course the further down the list you are the more awful it feels but actually the further up the list you are the more stress you're going to suffer mm, no definitely i mean it's this is this is you know along with the rest of the field this is the best reserve list i've ever seen in terms mm -hmm. of quality there was a time when you'd have reserve lists like three or four cars and you'd think they're just people chucking an entry at the aco and they didn't think they'd get a chance but just chancing it in a car that shouldn't even be in the race this is mad you're this talking is about mad. you're talking about audi sport again yeah yeah, yeah. obviously yeah yeah um it's worth mentioning Asian Le Mans series teams here. All right, there's six. Asian five or six of them that five were with us in Asia. Yeah, there's, there's quite a chunk there. So whether or not that all came a little bit too late, um, it's interesting. Garage 59, I'm particularly surprised to see that low down. That might be because they've not been, outside of Asia, a team that's done much with ACO Rules Racing before, but, you know, let's wait and see what their plans are moving forward into the GT3 era. So so that's an interesting one. The other bit there, uh, and it's American teams, let's say it out loud. We'll come back, by the way, to the first reserve in a minute. But Dragon Speed USA, Rizzi Competizione, Heart of Racing, three pretty big name teams. Dragon Speed have been previously race winners in IMSA in WC and LMS, the only team I think that have got that record, they will be, I think, correctly disappointed to be second reserve in particular since they've come back to the LMS. And um, I'm sure Elton Julian is looking back through his um, his email uh, history and his, his messaging history to see who he is, who he's offended this time uh, at the ACO. Uh, but that that 
they will be rightly disappointed. Rizzi Competizioni absolutely is a standout there as being, you know, that's a team that's won this race. That's the one that, if you ask me, is a bit of a shocker. But I think that's just a, a mark, Stephen, of where we are now. There is no GTE Pro class. Rizzi Competizioni are not a full season entrance for anything in the ACO world. They've not come with an IMSA auto entry. Um, I think that's quite an interesting one. I, I'm disappointed they're not in the list. The counterpoint would be you've then got to look at what happened, for instance, uh, with the Rolex 24 hours, where they had, I think, eight, nine, ten cars rejected there because there was no space. Oddly enough, an almost identical entry number 61 um, for uh, the Rolex 24, 62 for the Le Mans 24 hours, and a number of teams that didn't make the cut because they did not have a full season entry in either the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship or the Michelin Endurance Cup aspect of, of IMSA and or um, entries in some of the supporting uh, series on the IMSA card. And it's difficult to kind of avoid providing that as a yardstick to say, well, sort of the same applies here. Um, mm. You know, it, it, we, we, we are, we're not overburdened, if you like, with North American teams in supporting classes, Tower Motorsport there in LMP2. Um, we've got, obviously, um, the Northwest AMR Canadian team again and um, Corvette Racing in GTM. But beyond that, it's a bit of a struggle, isn't it? And Heart of Racing, like a team that is clearly moving forward with vigour uh, and pretty clearly have a plan, and that plan will become more obvious. I think they may have, if they didn't make an entry for a full season WEC um, slot, they certainly uh, certainly considered it carefully and, and uh, long and hard, but they'll be extremely disappointed to be 10th reserve, um, and correctly so. But at, so, at some point, something's got to give. And the reality is, if you look back at that entry list that we've just described, Stephen, is for that's 62 cars, I think I'm right. The selection com committee could pick 12. I think that's right. Once you've dealt with the WEC four-season entries, once you've dealt with the automatic entries, and by the way, of those 12, three of them have gone to additional hypercars. So that means there were nine left. So that's nine entries available to uh to dole out if you like to the entire remaining european le mans series um and that remember is a 40 plus car grid to the entire remaining asian le mans series and that was a 40 plus car grid and to the remaining teams that came from the imsa weathertech sports car championship on this occasion there's three teams out of the ten that sort of came from the latter, although I'm sure Elton, when he hears this, will be on the phone saying, we're in the LMS! I know you are, mate. Um, I think in this case, it's just unlucky. ARC Bratislava, I think, bless him, Mira Konopka, I love him dearly, but I think he knows his time is up at the uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans. It's been a great journey. Um, I hope he continues to find a way to enjoy his racing. Um John Hartshorn and the TS Sports uh, team, again, that might be on the back of results rather than application. John has been a massive supporter of TF Sports and the GT class over the last few years and, you know, massive, massive um, uh, enthusiast for the Le Mans 24 hours. Uh, hope he finds a way to get on the grid, maybe for the road to Le Mans this year. Um, can't finish it without talking about the spirit of race car. Because I think this, if it's not the second time, it might even be the third time that Duncan Cameron has been at or around the top of the reserve, reserve list. And mid-year, mid I think I'm right, it was, it was going to be Duncan's 50th consecutive uh, European Le Mans series race. And remarkably, um, and rather sadly, 
there was a family emergency and Duncan had to go home and didn't make the start. The car was withdrawn. So he stood at 49 uh, on that list. Um, I think he will, as will Matt Griffin and David Perel, uh, will be pretty gutted this evening at not making this cut. And I think he's probably correct to be gutted. I'm not going to play the game of they should be in that list and this car shouldn't because it's not my call. But in terms of taking all the boxes you possibly can, um, I'm not sure what else they could have done. Uh, and I think they'll be correctly, I don't want to say annoyed, but disappointed that they're not going to be at the 24 Hours of Le Mans unless something dramatic happens to one of the 62 that are listed above them. So hope you do. Not wishing ill on anybody else, but hope to, we do see Duncan, David and Matt at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And that's it. That's the 62 plus the 10 in what I think everybody agrees is a pretty darn good selection of the best, the best, the best uh, in the world of sports car racing at the moment. It's going to be a packed week. We have a lot more to say about it on the weekend sports cars. There'll be a lot more to, to read about it, both on racer.com, uh, which, by the way, will continue to be serviced by Stephen uh, on his return to writing duties uh, for their WEC content and on DSC. Um, there's at least one more special uh, twist to come this week, at least one more, and it's pretty darn special um, with the inside story of one of the new hypercar uh, programs. So keep an ear open for uh, details of when that's coming your way. For now, I want to say thank you, Stephen Kilby. It is great to be able to finally share the news we've been working on for quite some time. Can't wait till we've actually got you literally nailed to the desk. <laughs> um, and can you remember what the what the Daily Sports Car editorial policy is? Type fast. Type faster. That's the way. Type faster. Do more. Um, more. More words. Longer words. More words. Longer words. All the same pay. Okay. Um, we are the masters of, uh, you know, put it out in bulk and miserable working conditions. That's that's what I aspire to. That's what I've always tried to deliver. And despite that, he's still come back. So great to have you coming back. Watch out for details of. Some changes are going to be coming. Uh, coming, We'll be sharing details of the first of those this week and more to come as time moves on. For now, I'm going to say thank you once again to the uh, Cooper Ties, to the Justice Brothers and to TorontoMotorsports.com. Um, we'll have Marshall Pruitt back with us at Sebring um, for, I think, at least two editions of the Weekend Sports Cars from the Super Sebring doubleheader. Um, I've been Graham Goodwin. He's not been Marshall Pruitt. He's been Stephen Kilby. This has been the Week in Sports Cars, part of the Marshall Pruitt podcast. And we will speak to you this week again. There'll be another one this week. 